On this episode of I Can't See You, I'll tell you about my commute on the Reefer Madness Express. I've got some stories from the blind bodega, and I've got an Amazon Smiles story that will make you frown. It may even make me say a few bad words. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 193 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode, and I've got more than a few stories to tell you on this episode of I Can't See You. We're going to start off with Citadel Credit Union, and we were asked by someone from Citadel, and they approached Harriet, our president of the Keystone chapter, about testing their website for accessibility. And I always love helping businesses and other entities test and help out with accessibility because I think it's so important. So many people will not go to a place because they don't know if it's accessible or won't use a service because they don't know it's accessible or it's not accessible. And so I think it's very important to do. If we can help out that way, I always love doing it. And it's it's very, very important to me. So I was happy to help out with the, the 8 million other things I've got going on at this moment. And I've got some stories to tell you about that coming up. After our Keystone Chapter meeting uh, last Saturday, and I briefly touched on it in episode 192, we did some accessibility testing of the Citadel Credit Union website. And I will put a link to Citadel uh, in the show notes. Uh, It is fairly accessible, but here was the issue. The app that we had to use to test for accessibility was not very accessible, which kind of is silly. And the main issue that I was having, as I've probably talked about more than a couple dozen times here, when I text someone or I send an email, and I have another story about that in a minute, when I do that on my phone, I dictate it. I, as I've told you in the past, have named my phone Emily Latella because sometimes I say one thing, but something completely different comes out. And if you're familiar with that old Saturday Night Live character, you understand what I'm talking about. So, After the meeting, everybody got set up, and some people brought in a laptop, some people were using their phones. It was so hard to get this stuff to work together. And my main issue was, when I was filling out forms, I couldn't dictate what I was saying because we were supposed to be talking all the way through doing the testing when we were trying to log into the bank or trying to set up a bank account which you can do online you're supposed to say okay this is what i'm doing here's what i'm trying and it was so frustrating so many people were frustrated again because of this app it it wasn't fully accessible there was a big big block in the middle where uh it said something and it should have been a button but it wasn't a button And then there was something off to the right side of the screen that you needed to click to proceed, but it didn't say that. And it was just really, really frustrating. My friend Lisa had some difficulty. She she actually walked out of the room at one point. Um, Some other folks who are very, very tech savvy, Denise Brown, for example, kept saying, this isn't ready for prime time. And again, 
the issue wasn't with the credit union website. The issue was with the app that we were using. And I, the, the app was called user something. It was, it was just horrible. It was just a horrible experience. And speaking to Ron Kersher, who was there from Citadel, who also happens to be Harriet's brother-in-law, we were talking about it afterwards and they pay a lot of money for that. And to me, they got ripped off. They got ripped off in a big way. And so we're going to be testing in a different way. And I understand when you do testing, you want to get user feedback, not just after the fact. They want to be able to see what's going on and what a person is doing from the minute they try to access the website and what they're clicking on or tapping on, whatever whatever you want to say. And it just made it mess with voiceover and mess with the accessibility. And voiceover in itself, as I've, as I've talked about frequently here, has some issues. And I've had a million issues still with uh, the square register terminals at the blind bodega where there's a focus issue where you touch one thing and you'll, you'll hear it say, submit, let's say. And then when you go to double tap, because remember with voiceover, first you have to find what you want. And you hear what it says, for example, the submit button. And then you have to double tap it to make to activate it or to make it work. So when you have a focus issue, you will hear it say submit. And before you can get the double tap in, it will go to something else. For example, cancel. When it does that and you double tap because you're already in the, my hand's already heading to double tap the screen, you end up canceling what you wanted to do. And it's just very frustrating, especially when you have a line of people in the store and so forth. And it happens not only there, but it happens on my phone. It happens a lot of times with voiceover. It's just an issue. And again, it's one of the drawbacks of having to use voiceover. And again, I have no other way of using my phone without voiceover. It will not, I can't make it work without it because I can't see the screen. So this app that we used for Citadel uh, that they pay a lot of money for, and I don't know the exact amount, Ron, Ron didn't tell me. Uh, but it, it, just, it just made for a horrible hour or two of trying to test the website. And as I said to him, I understand you want to see what people are going through when they try to access your site, but everybody in that room probably thought your site was what the issue was when it was that other app. And I will put the name of the app in the show notes once I get the complete name. Just horrible. Just awful. And it made for a miserable hour or two, like I said. Now, we did go out to lunch after, and that <laughs> that made things a little better. That was the story with Citadel. And I have to tell you, every week I write a list of what I want to talk about during an episode. <laughs> and this list, I just copied it from an email that I sent to myself while I was on the train the other day. And I'll get to the train story in a minute because that's a funny story, too. Well, I'm going through this list, and when I listened to it on the train, as I, dic I dictated it, and before I sent it, I listened to make sure everything was good. I then sent it, and right before I hit record, I went over the list again to make sure I got everything. And I get to the last item on my list, and it says something like, Herobine Text Sherl. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I have no idea what that last item is and what I wanted to talk about or what that. <laughs> so whatever that is, if you have an idea of what I may have wanted to talk about with 
Harrobine Text Sheryl. I'm going to think about this, and maybe next week I'll remember, but I don't know what that is. So whatever that was, you're not going to hear that story today. (laughs) But I thought I'd mention it. And again, one of the drawbacks of not being able to easily type, and again, I don't usually type on my phone because it's difficult for me to hold it for a long enough time to then also type on it. Because it's not like you type on it if you've got sight where you just touch a button and the letter pops up. I've got to search for the letter and then lift my finger once I find that letter. It's not a matter of just touching. It's a matter of dragging my finger around the keyboard and then lifting when I hear the letter that I want. And it takes a little bit longer. And again, it's just hard for me to hold my phone that way because of the the issues with my hands. And they are feeling a little bit better, as I said to Liz earlier today, not great, but better than better than it was. I can touch my palm with all of my fingers except my um, ring fingers on both hands. So that's that's progress. Uh, it does hurt, though, when I bend them like that to try and do that. So that's not progress. And again, the, the medicine that I'm on is just a steroid to, as uh, one of my rheumatologists once told me, it's to take the edge off. <laughs> and it has. It's helped. My knees are a little better and my feet are a little better, but my hands are, again, still the weakest link. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is my commute this week, or was my commute this week. It's Saturday now, so that week is done. My week of commuting on the Reefer Madness Express is over, but I may go again next week, (laughs) and I'll tell you why in a minute. There you were doing track work on the normal line that I take into Philadelphia to go to the Blind Bodega. I take the Media Elwin line, and... If I wanted to continue to 30th Street, which is where I wanted to continue to because where I was working at the Blind Bodega, right across the street, right across Market Street, it's just easy. Well, on the Media Elwin line, I would have had to have gotten off at 49th Street and then taken a shuttle bus. The shuttle bus would add about 20 minutes to my commute. On top of that, there would be a wait time. That shuttle bus was departing the station at the top of the hour, and the bottom of the hour. So if my train got into 49th Street at, let's say, 635, which is around when it was scheduled to get there, I would have had to wait until 7 o'clock and then had a 20-minute commute from 7 o'clock to 7.20 to get to 30th Street Station. A few weeks ago or a month ago, when I was waiting for a somewhat delayed media Elwin train, Another train called the Wilmington-Newark train pulled into the station, and I knew that that train went through eastern Delaware County, which is not far from where I am currently. The line was Ridley Park and Eddystone and Chester and then down into Delaware. Well, I thought I could get off at Ridley Park if I took that train, and then I realized there's another station that would be even more convenient, the one at Crumlin which is a funny name, and I every time I think about getting off there, I think, I wonder what the story is behind that name. And maybe one day I'll find out, but I don't know it as of this recording, Saturday night, the 20th of August. On Sunday of this week, we ran to the Crumlin station from our house to time how long it would take to get there, and it's only a couple of minutes longer than going to the Swarthmore station. The problem with the Crumlin station or any of the stations on the Wilmington-Newark line is uh, 
there aren't just two sets of tracks, one to Philadelphia and one from Philadelphia for SEPTA, Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority Regional Rail Service. There are two additional tracks, one heading north, one heading south, and they are for Amtrak. So the Acela uses them, and regular trains to Washington and from Washington use them, and from the south, not just to Washington. So if you go, for example, to the Crumlin Station, the parking lot for the Crumlin Station is on the southbound side. To get to the northbound side, you've got to get out of the car in the parking lot of the southbound side, walk down a whole bunch of stairs, go under the overpass that the train runs on, and then go back up the stairs to go on that side. And because the weather wasn't supposed to be great at the beginning of the week, I wasn't too keen on doing that. And in fact, until I took the train to that station two afternoons, I realized that's what I would have had to have done. At first, I thought Liz was going to have to drop me off somewhere on Chester Pike, and then I would just walk up those stairs. But because I wasn't sure, I didn't want a chance at first thing on Monday morning to do that. So I went to the Ridley Park station, which is the very next station northbound on the line. That was an easy place to get dropped off. They have a little cul-de-sac where you can pull in and Liz would drop me off and Ziggy too. They would drop me off and I'd get out and I'd go tap in and wait for the train and get on and go on my merry way to Philadelphia, which I did all this week. And the first day I went on Monday wasn't any issue. I got on the train, found a seat, bing, bang, boom. I was more interested than not in looking out the window, even though I I don't really see that much, but I've never taken that line before. So I was interested. And I was looking, and I didn't know where things were. I didn't know what things were. Uh, And there's something that I still have to look up, because after the Darby station uh, on the, I guess it would be the eastbound side of the tracks, there was this big building, a huge parking lot that looked like it was freshly paved. I don't know if it was a big supermarket, some other type of store, what it was, or some sort of arena or something, but it was big and it looked new because it was before seven o'clock in the morning. If it was a store, it wasn't open yet and there weren't any cars in the parking lot. So I don't know what it is and I have to take a look to see what it might've been. Uh, so I'm interested in that, but I kept forgetting every time I came home and actually just remembered now as I'm telling you this story. So Monday was no big deal with the commute. Tuesday, I get on the car, and I get on the train, and I walk into the car, and all I smell is marijuana. That's all I smell. I, it was stronger than any concert I've ever been to. And the fact that I didn't see anybody actually smoking, I couldn't believe it. And so... The way the SEPTA car was that day, and they have two different kinds of uh, train cars. One is kind of divided in half where the front half faces one way, faces forward, the back half faces backwards. Well, I figured, you know, I'm going to keep going because maybe the back side, the back end of the car doesn't have the same strong marijuana smell. And I'm looking and there's people laying down like, almost like you would see in a movie or TV show, Uh, with homeless folks on the subway. And again, I can't imagine that these people, these obviously these folks had to pay to get get on the train. So I'm guessing they were meant to be there. They're not 
just riding around all day long on the on the train like you see in the movies where they ride on the subway cars. It's different this way because there's conductors and so forth. And I'll tell you about that in a second. I find a seat, I find an open seat, and I, I hate getting on where there's a lot of people on because to make sure nobody's sitting in a, in a row of seats, I slide my cane in and, and I haven't knocked into somebody yet uh, because I kind of guess that I can tell that there's nobody there, but I just want to verify. I obviously don't want to go sit on somebody's lap. Uh, I find a seat and I'm sitting there and all, and, and again, I'm wearing a mask. And as I have said countless number of times to friends and family, if I could smell all those things that I'm smelling through this mask, are you telling me COVID's also not getting in? And all I smell is marijuana. I'm thinking if I had to take a drug test today, I'm not sure I'd pass it. And I said that to Kirk when I, <laughs> when I saw him at the IRS building. And uh, it, it was just funny. And I thought, okay, maybe this is a one-off. Well, the next day, I get on the car, I get, in the, get on the train, head into the car. Same thing. Just reeked of pot. It was just so strong, I couldn't believe it. And again, not sure why. Nobody was actively smoking or vaping. And I, I don't get it. And a conductor went through, and I would imagine that if somebody was smoking or vaping, they would tell them to stop. And the other funny thing that I, I took away from this, going on this Wilmington, West, uh, Wilmington uh, Newark line, was the amount of people already on the train when I got on. And again, there's so many more stops further south. When I get on at Swarthmore, it's probably third or fourth from the end. There's only three or four stops after Swarthmore heading out of Philadelphia. And so maybe that's it. I don't know. But a lot of people on there and the conductor right before 30th Street would go through and wake everybody up who was sleeping. And there's a lot of people sleeping. It was just hysterical. I've, I've never seen that on the uh, Media Owen line. So the next two days, the next day was Thursday. I get on the train and I almost got there too late. As I, as I was walking to tap in, I, I can notice the train light heading towards the station. I'm like, oh my gosh, we, were, we just made it. And I ended up getting on the quiet car, which I'm not a big fan of because when I text, obviously I dictate like I've just mentioned. And when I send an email, I dictate. And if I'm just doing a short message, I don't want to take out my earbuds, plug them in, put them in so forth and so on. And, and this commute was a lot shorter than, by a lot shorter, maybe it's five or eight minutes shorter than taking the train from Swarthmore. I hadn't been listening to podcasts because it, it was almost too much hassle to get out my earbuds, put them in, start to listen. And then 15, 18 minutes later, I, I'm taking them out because I got to get ready to get off the train. So I'm on the quiet car and I'm on a set of three seats. There's a guy against the window, an empty seat, and then me. And the other thing was I was third or fourth row from the front of the train. So when the sun started to come up, it shined in the front window, which was just brutal. Like I've told you before, I don't see much, but one thing I see very, very well is glare. And I did see plenty of glare uh, that one day. And I didn't make the mistake the next day of sitting on that side of the train uh, that close to the front because I knew that was coming. But I did notice when I was on that car, I'm like, wait a minute, this one doesn't smell like pot. I thought that's interesting. I wonder if everybody that is some sort of professional or something, somebody going to work at Penn Medicine rides the, <laughs> rides the quiet car, 
whatever it might be, there just wasn't the strong smell of pot on that car. So the next morning, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the quiet ride again, and I won't smell pot or smell of pot when I get off the train. And it's also frightening, I should add, that every afternoon when I cross over Market Street from the IRS building to go into 30th Street, there is a super strong uh, smell of pot before I walk into 30th Street Station. And these are people outside, obviously, smoking. And uh, I don't think anything of it until the other day I thought, well, I hope none of those guys are going to be driving the train that I'm on. But I don't think they were. So that was my commute this week on the Reefer Madness Express. Uh, The last day, Friday, yesterday afternoon, they weren't making any announcements. I had no idea what stations we were at. I was trying to use Seeing AI as we passed the station signs. It worked once, and then it didn't work again because by the time we were getting to the sign, we were going too fast, and my phone couldn't read it, or Seeing AI couldn't read it. So I finally had to ask people around me. I said, do you know what station this is? And one of them said what it was, and they asked what station I was looking for. And I said, oh, that's a couple of stops away. He said, this guy that I was talking to. And uh, I think his name was Gary. Uh, I heard him and another guy talking who worked together. I don't remember the other guy's name. So they said, but you can't wait until we get to Crumlin because there's only one conductor on this train, and you can only get out in one at one spot. So here I am at Ridley Park. I get up and I'm walking to find the open door for the time that I have to get off. So I actually got to him before we left Ridley Park. And he said, you're getting off here? And I said, this is Ridley Park, right? And he said, yes. And I said, no, I'm getting off at Crumlin. I found an open seat for the two minutes that it takes to get from Ridley Park to Crumlin. And it's probably not even two, two minutes. Um, And then we get to Crumlin and I get off the train. And one last thing that I should mention this week about commuting, and it's for the ride home. When I got off the train Monday morning, I said, is this where I'll be getting back on the train? Because they were loading from an Amtrak platform, not from a normal SEPTA platform. The Amtrak platforms are downstairs. The SEPTA platforms are upstairs. So they told me yes. And Monday I went to that platform and I asked a guy from SEPTA. I said, this is... Wilmington, Newark, right? And they said, oh, no, it's down at the other end of the station. I said, okay. I was told it would be here, but I'll go back down. And the guy walked with me, and I told him, I said, I hope I don't miss this train because of this, because it was pretty close. And I later found out we were leaving a little bit later than the departure time because everybody was queued up to get on and so forth and so on. So the next day, I go to that stairwell, thinking that that's where I would get on. And they were at opposite ends. One is at the river end of 30th Street Station. The other one is at the 30th Street end of 30th Street Station. And there's maybe five or six stairwells in between. So I go to it and the guy said, oh no, you've walked past it. I said, I just came in the door right over there. I didn't walk past anything. He said, oh, well, it's down at the other end. I said, okay, where I got off this morning. He said, yes. And so I walked down there and I see, uh, before I get to the line, I thought, you know what? I have plenty of time. I'm going to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom and I come back out and I thought, you know what? I'm a little hungry. I'm going to get, there's a pretzel place in there. I'm going to get some, some pretzels. They have these mini pretzels. I figured I'd eat one and Liz and Jacob could eat the others. And after I ate my pretzel, 
I go back to the line and there's a guy there and I, I verify, I said, this is the Wilmington West, uh, sorry, we'll keep wanting to say Wilmington Westchester. That's the name of 202 in Westchester. The Wilmington Newark line. And he said, yes. And he said, just stand right there. He said, you're going to get on first. I said, yeah, but I, I know there's a long line, a really long line. And there were actually two really long lines because I had to walk through one to get to the restroom. And I said, I'll stay here, but I got to be honest with you. I don't feel safe. All these people looking at me, look, thinking I'm jumping the line. He said, oh, no, they'll be okay. I said, yeah, I don't want to get shivved on the way down. <laughs> and he said, oh, there's, a, there's an old lady that might pop you in the back of the head. Well, every day after that, this guy came over. He noticed me every time I came in. And he said, you know, just stand, stand right there, my man. His name was Che, not Shay, Che. I asked him yesterday to make sure I got his name right for this podcast. And so again, he put me at the front of the line and made sure I got down uh, to the platform and basically had my choice of seats getting on the car. And of course, one day I really screwed myself because I got to a seat that I thought I wanted and then sat down and the <laughs> there was like a wind tunnel effect. The air was blowing on my bald head for the entire trip and obviously before we even left. So uh, I was worried I was going to be too congested the next day or two, but it was all okay. So that is my complete commuting story. Just a short story or two from the blind bodega before I get to something that made me so angry. But first, the blind bodega story. I don't know what it is. And I'll do a blind bodega wrap up next weekend because I've got five more days at the blind bodega. Kirk is done there as of Friday as far as being open Saturday, he's cleaning everything out. And I don't think I'm doing that, but he hasn't, he hasn't said one way or another. Obviously, if I have to help him, I'll help him do that. When you go to a store and you're standing in a line, or maybe you're not, maybe there's not even a line, you take your purchase up to the counter. I don't know what it is about people who seem surprised that they have to pay <laughs> They hand me what they want to buy. Let's say it's a soda. And then they open their wallet or their purse or then realize that, hey, you know what? I do have to do something to finish this transaction. Some people stand there, watch me do everything, and then I tell them the price, and then they then maybe a light bulb goes off, and then they start looking in their purse or their wallet for a form of payment. And it just, it just makes me wonder what these people are thinking when they first get in the line. I know when I get into a line, I either want to have my credit card ready either in my pocket or my hand. And usually I leave it in my pocket because I can't, as I mentioned earlier, I can't hold stuff for a long time, especially a thin credit card uh, because of the way my hands are. And I, I just don't get it. The other thing that, and, I, and I've heard this in, in studies in the past, People insisting on being on the phone when they're trying to also complete a transaction. And I understand that you are on a break and you have only a set amount of time. But take a couple of minutes to either hold off on the conversation, to focus on getting out of the store, paying for your goods and moving on. Then you can talk all you want on your phone until it's time to get back to work. The worst is when a person 
tries to have a conversation with me while they're also listening and talking via speakerphone. I don't want to hear the conversation. It's distracting to me. And as I've mentioned to Patsy and a couple other folks, I have to concentrate on one thing. And when I hear a whole bunch of other things going on, it sometimes distracts me to the point where I can't remember what the change should be. And again, I I always punch in the exact amount. So if the the order is for $1.87, I punch in $1.87, and then I count, as I said before, I count backwards. Okay, let's say they gave me a 10. I get any three pennies, a dime, some ones, a five, boom, you're done. I don't punch in that they gave me a 10, so then it reads back to me that I have to give $8.13. I don't do it that way. I count backwards, so when I count it back to the person, I say that makes two, three, four, five, and five is 10. And when there's a whole bunch of other noise going on or somebody talking on a speakerphone, whether they're talking or the person on the other end is talking, sometimes I don't hear what the total amount due is. Sometimes I hear it, but it doesn't compute because I'm listening to somebody else talking at a loud volume. So that's the other thing. When you're, when you're checking out, just Tell that person to hang on a second so you can focus on the transaction. I'll get you out of there quickly. Again, I had a couple days this week where I had 300 transactions, sorry, 200 transactions in 300 minutes. Five hours, I did 200 plus transactions, not even 200. It was more than 200. And along with all the other stuff that goes on while we're there making the hot dogs, making the popcorn, cleaning the counter and stuff like that. You can see it's basically nonstop. When it's busy, it's nonstop. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are busy like that. Lastly, I don't know, when you have money, currency, not a card, when you have currency, when you have banknotes, when, (laughs) I, I just don't, understand how people, I understand blind folks fold each bill a different way. Five is folded one way, a 10 is a different way. So you can tell without having to pull out your phone and use one of the apps, Seeing AI or Envision or whatever. I get that. I had a lady this week, a sighted lady, hand me seven or eight dollars. The five dollar bill, I wasn't sure it was money or origami. It was that small and that folded. First of all, it slowed the transaction because I had to unfold it. Second of all, it makes it sitting in the till difficult for it to sit flat and easy to grab when I have to give change for a higher bill. And I just don't understand people that treat currency like it's trash. My dad once said, if you respect the money, you'll have plenty of it. And I don't know if doing origami with a $5 bill is respecting it or not, but I'm telling you it was no bigger than a nickel. All folded up. That's how small it was. It was a little tiny diamond-shaped $5 bill until I unfurled it. And I, I thought, just unreal. And that lady was also on her phone as well. So it was a double whammy for her. Uh, but, and again, I know a lot of folks, I don't like to use 
cash when I go places. First of all, because I'm always afraid I'm going to give the wrong denomination and get taken advantage of because I can't see it. Second of all, because I like having the record. I'm not worried about the paper trail when I make a purchase somewhere. So it's a way to look back when I go through a credit card statement or my debit card statement and I say, okay, oh, I spent $7.87 here. Oh yeah, I remember what that was for. Oh, that was good. That was something good that I ate or, or whatever. So I don't use... I don't use cash most of the time because of that, because I like having the record and I like having, if somebody mischarges me, for example, let's say it's $7.81 and then I get a charge for $78.10, I have the other receipt that shows what that amount is, or I could fight that charge. When you hand cash over, that's the end of it. There's not really too much you can do. Okay. Finally, to the Amazon smile story. And I actually didn't take much interest in this until we got a couple of emails in. As I mentioned before, one of the things that has helped White Canes Connect, the other podcast that I do grow, is something called a listserv. And this listserv is from the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. It's called NFBP Talk. I post episodes there when White Canes Connect episodes come out. I post things about Keystone Chapter stuff. I respond to other people when they have questions about things that are related to the NFB and sometimes things that aren't related to the NFB. Well, a couple days ago, someone posted, in fact... (laughs) That someone was was Emily, whose name I have been spelling wrong for the last five years. Her last name is Gindelsberger. I've been spelling it Gindelsberger. I know it sounds very similar, but it's a P, not a B. She had posted of how excited she was when she found out that some things that she purchased for her daughter Angelina, go to Angelina Sings on YouTube, and you'll hear what a great voice she has. I've talked about her before. She had, po- she had bought some things for Angelina. I don't remember if it was for school, if it was music-related, whatever it was. She was excited to see how much her purchases from Amazon and through Amazon Smiles, the NFB of Pennsylvania got from the Smiles program. And it's not a lot. It's half a percent. It's very similar to the Amazon Associates program, which I am a part of. So when you go to com slash Amazon and make a purchase, I get a percentage. And again, the percentage usually ranges from 3% to 10%. But again, it's something being more promoted. The Amazon Associates program are for people who are doing business and have blogs and, and whatnot. So I thought, wow, that's great. She, you know, the affiliate got some money for Emily just making a purchase. How great is that? I know it's not a lot of money, but it's something. It's more than they would have gotten otherwise. And so I didn't pay too much attention after that first post. Some other people said, hey, that's great. Then one person commented about them not wanting to use Amazon because they treat their workers badly. I've heard that. I've absolutely heard that. But you know what? It's the worker person's choice for working there. You don't like it? 
get a different job. I know if you don't like what you do, find something else. That's all, that's all there is to it. I know it's a double-edged sword because Amazon pays pretty well. I also know that sometimes you have to pee into a jar because you don't have time to stop to pee. I don't have that luxury of peeing into a jar because there's a store full of people there. <laughs> and I think they wouldn't like that. But I've had some times this week where at 10 o'clock I needed to use the bathroom and it was right before Kirk was going to take a conference call. And then he was on the call and then it was really, really busy, really busy to the point where he took that conference call to the hot dog roller so he could help me out taking the hot dogs off the rollers because I had such a line it went around the, the store. And he, he did the hot dogs while he was taking the call. And then once he finished the hot dogs, he jumped behind and started taking cash on a different register because the line was that long. And we had so many transactions and did so much money in about an hour to two hours. It was just unreal how crazy busy it was. But if you don't like the job, I know you like to complain. People like to complain about the job. I've said some things about the blind bodega, but I knew going in, I knew what retail was. I knew how it was going to be. I knew I was going to have to eat my lunch in a minute, standing behind the counter, hoping nobody else came in so I could eat it without having to talk to them with a mouthful of food, which is so unprofessional, I can't stand it. And I did. All the time so far that I've eaten, it's been during a time when the store was empty or people were just using the lottery vending machines, and I was able to eat without an issue. And again, it's a protein bar, four bites, a minute or less. So when you complain that you won't shop at Amazon because of the way they treat their workers, how do you know how the other places you shop at don't treat their workers badly? Then I got to the really bad email, in all caps, and, and this one about the employees, I think, was all in caps too. And, and I get it. I know when I was able to see a little bit better it was easier to read all caps than it was normal uh, typing, you know, meaning caps at the beginning of a sentence or to capitalize a name and then everything else lowercase. So maybe that's the issue. Either that or she was shouting, this person. This person went off about her hating Amazon because... They make so much money, and I don't want to support them. The CEO doesn't give any money. The, the, the businesses don't give any money. They give this little tiny bit of money to charity and make, to make you feel good, and that's all. I was so angry when I read this email. And I thought, don't respond. Don't respond. Bite your tongue. Move on. Don't respond. And I did. A day goes by, and I was texting with Lisa and Harriet, and Lisa brought up that there's somebody, there's a lot of caps lock going on <laughs> over in the thread. And I said, oh, do you mean the Amazon Smiles? And she said, yeah. And I said, boy, was I angry when I read that. And she said, I guess you disagree with what Jim and Kirk said. And I said, I don't know what Jim and Kirk said, but I'm willing to bet that I agree with what they said and not what the other person said. And... So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go read the whole thread now, because that piqued my interest to see what those guys said. Jim was happy that the Amazon Smiles program existed, because people do like to shop at Amazon, and 
if they're shopping there anyway, again, just like the Amazon Associates program that I'm a part of, when you go and buy something using com slash Amazon or any of the links that may be in the show notes or on my website that take you to a specific product on Amazon, it doesn't cost you any more. If the product costs $10, you pay $10. And then I get a percentage of that, $10. Again, depending on what category it's in, that's what determines the percentage. Most of the percentages are you know, below 5%. But again, it's something. Some are, some are more. There are luxury beauty items that you get 10% for. And that part is great. So when this person went on and on and on about how they hate them and how they don't give enough money to charity and how it's bad and they just want to get richer, 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 I, honest to God, my blood was boiling. And once I read the thread a couple days later, when I read both Jim and Kirk's response, which were both outstanding, and again, Jim was one time a long-serving president of the NFB of Pennsylvania and is now president emeritus. It is a good thing. Okay, you don't like Amazon? Don't shop there. That's fine. But to go off on this rant... And to say things that you have no idea about, about saying that they don't give enough to charity. Keep this in mind, and I've said it a million times here and elsewhere. A business is in it for the money. If they don't make money, they're not a business. It's like a human. If a human can't breathe air, they're not a human, they're dead. So get off that high horse about a business making a profit because that's the only way they remain a business and then they can do things with that money. They can hire people. They can pay taxes. Maybe not all the taxes they should be paying. And they can help in communities the way they see fit, not the way you want them to. This lady went on to say they don't give enough in donations to charitable organizations. Do you know that Jeff Bezos gave over $100 million in 2021 in donations? I don't care if you hate his guts. $100 million. I guarantee that everybody listening to this podcast, if they put all their money together to donate, it wouldn't come close to that. So get off their backs. Stop making a business the bad person. They're in it for the money. That's what they're there for. Everything else they do, donation-wise and community-wise, is up to them. They don't have to do any of it. And the fact that they have the Amazon Smiles program to help charitable organizations earn a little bit of money is like icing to those organizations, because otherwise they wouldn't get it. I don't know how much the affiliate, the NFB of Pennsylvania, I don't know how much they make in smiles donations, but if they didn't have that program, they'd get none of it. And this lady said that she would much rather make a donation. So, of course, when I finally decided to respond, I said I agreed with Jim and Kirk. I said, I don't care if you hate Amazon. You can click this link instead. And I put a link to supportkeystonechapter.org. And you can go there, too. And you could donate some money. It doesn't have to be a lot. eighty seven. 
$17, whatever it is, every little bit helps. Do we lose something in the PayPal exchange? Absolutely. But you know what? If you don't donate or we don't do it that way and it's more difficult if I tell you to send a check to me, is it a lot easier to sit down and pull out your checkbook and write a check, find an envelope to put it in, slap a stamp on it? How much are stamps anymore? Do you have the forever stamps? Where did you put the stamps? When did you last see them? Or is it easier to click that link and make that same donation? We lose a little bit of money there, but it's probably money we wouldn't have gotten in the first place. The rest of it. A business is in business to make money. That's the only way they survive. You don't like the way they do business? You think they make too much money? Shop elsewhere. Pay more for a product. Pay less for a product. Do whatever you want. But a business is in it for the money. Otherwise, they're not a business. Stop trying to be a victim. Stop trying to make everything about you and that it's not good enough for you. I talked to a person the other day on an upcoming episode. It'll be out in an upcoming episode of White Canes Connect. This woman, her name is Goddess Johnson. She was one of four siblings from a single mom in Chicago. When she was seven, her mom went to jail for life. Her two brothers are both serving life sentences since then. When she was 17, she became emancipated from the foster system because of things that went on. She became a nurse. And after a shift as a nurse with her sister, they had gone to pick up the sister's daughter, so Goddess's niece. They were in a horrible car accident. Goddess went blind. Her sister and niece were killed. This is one woman. All these things happen. She didn't play the victim. She's doing more. And that's all you can do. Do the best you can. Don't say that you're the victim. Don't become the victim. Don't play the victim. Just work harder. Fight through it. And ironically, that's the name of her organization, Fight LLC. And it's an acronym. She's not complaining about it. She's fighting through it and doing more to help other people do the same. Some people just lose their vision. This person not only lost her vision, but lost her sister, her niece, her two brothers to God knows what they did to go to jail, her mother to prison, all of that. But she still pushes forth and fighting to do better. That's all you can do. And when you try to make it sound like this business isn't giving enough money, they should give more, you know what? You don't like that business? Take a minute. Think of something that you can do. Start your own business and run it the way you want. Jeff Bezos started Amazon with his own money, and then he got venture capital, I'm sure, and then got some investors, and then went public, and so forth and so on. Do that. Stop complaining about it. Do something on your own. Take action and do it on your own. And stop blaming Jeff Bezos or all the other evil, greedy business owners because they put their necks on the line. 
I've started businesses. You put your neck on the line. You put all your money into it, like I did with salon supplies and interiors. And then it failed. What happened to all that money, as they said in Ocean's Eleven? It went away because there were more bills than there were profits. And that's what happens sometimes when you start a business. That's what happens most of the times when you start a business. So you want to do something different. You don't like the way a business is run or what they're doing. Don't shop there. Don't complain about it. Start your own thing. Take action on your own. Don't just sit back and complain and say, oh, they should do this or they should do that. I get it. That's what everybody likes to do, whether it's in business or sports. I don't know why that guy's playing here. I don't know. That guy sucks. Whatever. But you don't like the way business is done by a certain company. Don't shop there. You want to spread all the crazy rumors that, hey, they don't do enough for charity. How much more than $100 million do you want do you want to have done? Do you want them to split the profits with every charitable organization? What's the point? What's the point of starting a business? Again, a business is in business to make money. That's the bottom line. Literally the bottom line. Without the bottom line being in the black, the business is nothing. And then they can't do any kind of help, whether it's too much or too little. Can't do anything. You don't like the price of something at one business? Yeah, you can complain about it, sure. Find it cheaper somewhere else. And when you can't find it cheaper somewhere else, then you got to find a place that you actually like to buy it from. I have to tell you, (laughs) I was very worried that I was going to have to slap the explicit label on this episode because I was so angry with this person's response. And I'm glad I didn't. (laughs) And uh, I can tell you this, in addition to all the other things that I've talked about here, episode 43 of White Canes Connect will be out this weekend. And I will be happy once I get back onto a normal release pattern of that once Blind Bodega has finished for me. But this Episode 43 will be with Janine Stanley from Ira, and we had a great conversation. She's also uh, on That Real Blind Tech Show, in fact, was on the two episodes that I guess hosted, uh, sitting in for Ed, uh, episode 95 and 96, and uh, you can listen to those. That Real Blind Tech Show can be found on Apple, Spotify, and normal spots, and of course, that great website, blindtechshow.com. <laughs> You can also listen to me on episode 93 uh, when I was interviewed by Ed and Brian. Just take a listen to those episodes. Again, they were great fun to sit in for Ed, and I was glad I could do it. And uh, he should be back soon, I think. He's part of an adaptive baseball, and I misspoke last week, adaptive baseball tournament. Uh, I think it's called a World Cup. And in fact, I was texting with Mike Walsh to tell him while he's in the Netherlands where this World Cup situation for adaptive baseball is going on. I said, make sure if you go to landmarks around the Netherlands to take some images for your website. He is from Flight for Sight, whose website I'm currently building. So once that launches, I will send you there so you can have a look around there. Again, a lot of great things they're doing and uh, I'm excited for them to launch and then do their grants. They're giving out three $10,000 grants to people who have pitched some ideas via video on what they want to do, where they want to go and travel. And uh, they're kicking in $10,000 to help them 
get to that goal. And in return, when you do that, the people who win these grants will upload videos to their social channels, meaning Flight for Sight's social channels, as well as the website, flightforsight.net. If you do go to flightforsight.net now, you can sign up for their email list. And I'm sure once the site launches, you'll get a notification there as well. But again, White Canes Connect episode 43, coming out within the next day or so. This one will drop first, so you can listen there. Uh, Again, Apple, Spotify, the normal spots for White Canes Connect. And there'll be a link in the show notes for that as well. I do really appreciate you listening to episode 193 of I Can't See You. It's hard to believe I'll be at episode 200 and I don't have any special plans yet. So again, you have any ideas, questions, comments, show ideas also, please reach out. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. You could also phone in any questions, comments, show ideas, ideas on what I should do for the 200th episode. And that is 646-926-6350. You have up to three minutes. Please leave your name and town. And I will use it on an upcoming episode. Again, 646-926-6350. I really would love to hear from you. You can also reach out on socials. Again, at David Benj, just about everywhere, except for TikTok, which I do not have. And uh, I'd love to hear from you there as well. Connect with me. Show notes are available at icantseeyou.com slash 193. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 193. Thanks so much. Stay safe, be well, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.